Hey, 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 Brian here, and I am so excited to give you Mike Killen, an amazing guest that's going to show you how to confidently charge higher prices. We know it's a big topic. He's going to bring you the X's and O's and how to get down to business with the right pricing so that you can not worry about it anymore. You're going to know exactly what to charge for your course, for your, for whatever you're trying to sell online. And this, man, it's going to be great. So stay tuned, pay attention to everything that's going to be shared today. You will not regret it. All right. You ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back with another one. This is Brian S. Arno here with the Authority Project. And I have my new good friend here. Mike Killen is in the house and he says he is here to help us confidently charge higher prices and answer customers who say that's too expensive and still get them to say yes. Is that right, Mike? That's exactly it. Yeah. Bang on. Word for word. Brilliant. I'm glad to be here, man. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Awesome. We shall see what he can do today for us. We shall see on this current episode of The Authority Project. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, feast your eyes and tune your ears. It's that time again. We are live with another episode of The Authority Project. It's the video podcast streamed on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope, where we talk to digital marketers, business coaches, and creators of all kinds on how they've built authority in their field and how you can mimic their success. Developing authority, building your audience, and attracting better clients to your own business. Now, without further ado, let's bring to the virtual stage your host, Brian S. Arnold. All right, we are back with another one. This is Brian S. Arnold. And we're here with the Authority Project. You are the project. We want to help you sell more of what you're great at. And I am honored to be here with the man of the hour on the virtual stage, Mike Killen. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm very good. Thank you, mate. Yeah. How are you doing? I am doing great. Great. I'm just waiting for some warmer weather. So it's yeah. coming. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. I, it always gets to this time of year where I start thinking, I'm done with this. I'm going to move to South Africa or something. I'm sick of this. And then it just starts to get lighter in the morning. And I'm yeah. like, oh, we've broached it. So yeah, I, right. I, I feel you, man. Yeah. And if you see that the daylight savings time finishes up and he's like, oh, I got some more daylight. The <laughs> that's, exactly that's, that's like the best time. It's like, oh yeah. 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 That's exactly it's, it. Oh, yeah. it's wonderful. Because right about now, usually in the wintertime, it'll be dark right about now. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, it sucks. But here we go. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Actually, before we dive in, can you please tell us who you are personally and then professionally? Yeah, sure. My name is Mike Killen. I'm based in this kind of tiny little town in England uh, called <laughs> Honiton. It's like a tiny town. And I used to work in London and I lost, uh, I was basically, I was, uh, depending on who you asked, I was either fired or made redundant from a corporate marketing job. Yeah. And I moved down here, middle of nowhere. Met a girl, got married. I absolutely love it here. They've recently, they've literally just installed fiber to the premises as well. So I'm, I'm set. Nice. I don't mind where I am now, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, like when I lost my job and became quite disillusioned with corporate marketing, because you go through university and you're told, you know, get a good job and et cetera, et cetera. And it was just all taken away from me for no real reason. And so I did kind of what any sensible person would do. And I went to Vegas with my brother and just <laughs> blew the last of my money. And I was like, maybe we should kind of think about this a bit more sensibly. And that's when I decided to start up a, an agency. I figured I've been buying these services from these guys for a while. Maybe I can do it myself. 
and that would have been about 2012. And then 2016, exited the agency, started up this company now, which I run called Sell Your Service. And what we do now is when I exited my agency, I was in a colleague of mine, a guy called Troy Dean, who runs an awesome company called WP Elevation. He was out in Miami and he said, come out and speak to my guys because you don't really know what you're going to be doing. I was like, I'm, I'm a bit unsure of what I want to do next. And he said, well, come out and talk to them. And the number one question they had was, how could you possibly sell a website for 25 grand? How could you sell marketing services for 20 grand? And I was like, that's easy. That's the easy bit. So I kind of wrote that down and that became a webinar and then a Facebook group and then a series of webinars. And, and now it's a course and books and software. And yeah, yeah, so we're sales training for marketing agencies now. And, and that's what I do day in, day out. I love it. I love it. That's so that that takes care. My second question was, what is your current project? I'm sure that's probably in, in yeah. there. If you, want to, if you want to add something else to that, you can. Not really. I mean, we're right now, like specifically, our big thing is working on conversions. So we're looking at our, we're looking at optimizing anyone who comes into our system, like any audience member, new lead. We want to make sure that we serve them as best we can. So we've taken on some more coaches and we've got uh, a few more team members and stuff. So we're really looking at just trying to serve our audience as best we can at the moment. And I'm learning a lot because I'm very good at the sales side, but I'm not great at the community management side and the engagement side. It's a very different process. So that's what I'm working on right now. Yeah. But you know, that's a long-term, long-term project. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So lastly, before we get in, get into it, what is your daily routine? Oh, good question. I really <laughs> like that. So I, I, I'm, yeah, I've got a really strict set routine. I'm, I'm up at 5.30 in the morning yeah. and then I exercise probably around two hours a day okay. and then I spend some time with my wife during lockdown it's slightly different because obviously you don't have a, a commute like the uk is in total lockdown but other than that then maybe i'll i'll either drive into the gym or i'll drive into the office and depending on what day it is i've got quite a set routine i try to spend two hours in the morning usually from nine to eleven writing content so that's either writing video scripts filming videos writing books writing emails and then after that, depending on what day it is, maybe it'll be meetings or calls or more training, but I've got quite a set like calendar. If it's not in the calendar, it doesn't exist as far as I'm concerned. And, and that level of discipline has given me massive amounts of freedom. And I used to be really against it, but I'm very much into the routine now. I'm a, I'm a huge believer of it. I, I like how you said that sticking to the schedule gives you more freedom. Because <laughs> people would think that when you say that you're restricting yourself, but it's actually giving you more, more time yeah. to do yeah. All everything that you what you, that you need to do. So that's perfect. So yeah. let's dive into the to the topic at hand because I know that's what people want to hear. How do you confidently? This is great because you're saying comp, you're you're, in, you're confident about this. Yeah. How do you confidently charge higher prices? You answer customers who say that's too expensive. Yeah. And still get them to say yes. Yeah. This is probably the number one problem that I come across, and it's the root of it is in almost everything that we touch. So typically I work with marketing agencies, specifically marketing agencies that build marketing funnels. And we could have con gone down any path. Like I said at the start, it was how do you sell a website for 25 grand or 10 grand? And the confident part comes from basically if you're going to set a price, if it's 50 quid or 100 quid or $10,000 or $30 million, whatever, how do you do that with confidence? And what that really means is how can you justify that price internally? And I think most people, I'd be kind of interested to know your thoughts on this. I, I think that most people undercharge for their services. I don't know if you feel the same way or what you've seen. I, my, I can't, gosh, my theory is this. I, I, 
It depends on who it is. It depends, it depends on who it is. If you're just starting out, I've come to the realization that you need to start the, with the price you're most comfortable with. If you're just starting out, if you're not, if you're not confident about a price that you're selling, it's going to come out in, in your marketing. It's going to come out in your promotion. It's going to come out in how you say it. So if you're, if you're like, this is 297, but it has this, and you're saying already, but to that price, sure. you know? but if you have the offer, you have the system, you have results, yeah. as, as long as you're confident on that, I think, yeah, that the higher the price, you already know you're getting results and you're confidently saying that I, I'm, I love, and I'd love to get your response to that. Yeah. So, okay. So that, that's perfect because I'd say that everyone starts there and that's pretty reasonable. Like you've been doing this for 15 minutes. Yeah. You don't really know what to charge. Right. And personally, a lot of people say like, oh, the market dictates the price. And I can, com I completely disagree with that personally. Mm -hmm. I think you set the price. The price has got nothing to do with the customer. It's your business. So it's your price. And when I tell people like, oh, you should be charging 25 grand for your marketing services, you should be charging $500 an hour plus for any consulting work. If the customer wants to work with you, it needs to be minimum five figures that they're willing to invest, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter if you have been going for one week, one year, one decade, because what a lot of people do is they set their price. They then find some customers who are kind of willing to pay that. And this is true at all levels. When I first started, I was like, oh, maybe 500 pounds for a website. That seems kind of crazy to me because like a WordPress theme is only 20 bucks. So it's insane that someone would give me 500 pounds for a, <laughs> for a site, right? Right. But even at that level, the customer was still like, I don't know, that's kind of expensive. I've seen someone who can do it for 299. I've seen someone who can do it for 199. Mm -hmm. And what we then do is we get into this mindset, this trap that can't charge higher prices than this because my current customers aren't happy with the price that they've got. Earlier, we mentioned the the book and I said, I think it's currently on 99 cents on Kindle. When I first launched it, I did it at 99 cents. I had people emailing me like, oh, have you got a cheaper version? I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah, 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 right? And I was like, no, I've got a free version, but it sat on my laptop. I don't know how much cheaper I could make it other than right. free to, to, to get some kind of like value exchange, right? Okay. So people are always going to think it's too expensive. And this kind of event, like I said, people never seem to raise their prices because they're afraid of losing the customers that they've got. But you have to understand that it doesn't matter how high you push your prices. Someone's always going to find you expensive. That's, that is the nature of our economy is you are always going to be too expensive for 99% of the market. When you're charging 500 bucks, you're too expensive. When you charge 10 grand, you're too expensive. When you charge 100 grand, you're too expensive. So you have to immediately move away from this mindset that you're going to have fewer customers or it's going to be harder to find customers. I'll tell you from experience, and I'm sure you'll say the same, but it is as much hard work to find someone who will spend $1,000 with you as it is to find someone who will spend 10 grand with you. Like the amount of effort and blood and sweat and tears and trauma and pain you put into it, you end up with, this, you end up with one customer. And to me, I'd rather work with someone who's got a big budget. So that's kind of the first initial part is, is getting over that mindset. That's great. That's great. So I can see why this is such a dilemma. This is one of the biggest thing, biggest, like you said, it's one of the biggest topics about pricing. Yeah. So I'm going to give this question. What's the science now? What's the science of creating an offer yeah. that people will say yes now that it's worth 25K or 10K or 5K, whatever you want to do. But yeah. what is the science that you're confident that this offer will reasonably say yes to this? Yeah. All right. So let's, if we have a look at, I don't know if you've heard of the business Lora Piana. 
So it's like piano, but with an A. They are a high-end exclusive luxury Italian brand. Okay. They sell like, you know, dumbbells, like gym dumbbells. They sell oh, wow. everything. They sell slippers. They sell cardigans. They sell wallets. They sell gloves and whatever. And their exercise equipment, I exercise a lot. And I, I jokingly looked at their exercise equipment. Their dumbbells, which are maybe two pounds and four pounds. They're tiny weights. They're not huge. They're around $1,700 each just for the pair of weights, right? Ludicrously expensive. Their cardigans, like their pullover jumpers, are about $25,000. So if we look, right, and and to me, I'm like, that's insane. But they've got a market. They've Mm. got a market out there who is buying it. We know this because their company has gone from strength to strength. Do they use some kind of special wool? Kind of. It's cashmere, but even then, the steel is the same steel that they would use in my dumbbell. So I don't see what the difference is there. But if we look at a business like that is able to justify that kind of price, we have to look at, well, what are they doing that everyone else isn't? And the first thing is they have set prices. They have extremely specific set prices. And this is the irony of pricing (laughs) is if you, and you said it perfectly earlier, like if you go, oh, it might be 297. <laughs> Instead, if you say it's $24,973.89, mm. that's a specific price. Why is it so specific? Obviously, the impression is you've done this a hundred times before, so you must know what the price is. Therefore, you would only give something that's that specific. So surely someone with a specific price has done this before and therefore knows that this is the cost. So the first thing in a really funny way is actually just setting a price, is knowing what your price is. And the way that we kind of try to work this out is if you want your business to make $100,000 a year in revenue, how many customers do you want to work with? If you say, maybe work with four, great. So that's four times 25,000. There's your pricing. You want to find four customers worth 25 grand. Now, it actually doesn't even matter what the product is yet. You need Mm. to work out the price first. The price comes first and then what you deliver comes next. What most people do is they will cobble together a shopping list of things that they want to give to the customer. In my environment, it's a website. So people want to do a website and website design and marketing and email marketing. They'll write that in. Maybe they'll send a proposal and they'll think, how much can I get away with charging this? How much? <laughs> right. And they're kind of, yeah, like, mm, right. I don't know. And right. they'll try and figure it out. And maybe if you're a personal trainer, you say, I'll do a, a, an hour a week with them and I'll do a couple of loom videos or right. and I'll, I'll show them some diet plans. And they write the shopping list first. And the question they then ask is, how much do I feel I can get away with charging? And what we do is we flip that and we say, how much do you want to make per customer? You go, I want to make 25K per customer. Fantastic. Now tell me, what are you going to give me for 25 grand? What Write out what you're going to give for 25 grand. And that subtle shift in doing the list first and then the price to the smarter way of doing it, which is doing the price first and then the list, completely changes your perspective over what you're going to give because you're just writing out everything that you think would be included inside a 25k price you're not trying to guess the other way around you're putting it in there and you think all right that seems pretty reasonable for the amount of money that i'm asking and that is basically my there's then a ton of stuff that comes afterwards yeah how do you continue to justify that and you talked earlier about it and stuff like sales collateral sales pages content being interviewed you know authority pieces the four a's that we have are audience which is do you have a defined niche if you've got a defined niche you can set your prices higher general businesses attract general pay specialist businesses attract specialist pay mm-hmm. and if you flip what you do and you say we only work with 
coffee importers who have at least two office locations. It actually doesn't matter whether you do websites, personal training, YouTube videos, it doesn't matter. If you've got the defined audience to start with, that's one way of increasing your price. The second way, as I mentioned, is amount, which is setting the right price. A for authority is then what have you put out into the marketplace that proves you are who you say you are? You don't even have to have a customer yet. Blog content, videos, podcasts, interviews, books, sales pages, brochures, old school, like printed media, brochures and stuff. And then finally, assets. And assets falls a little bit into like sales collateral as well, like sales pages, web pages, webinars. But also, if, you ha- if you're a business and you have three or four products, even if you're a service business, even if you're an accountant, but you have three or four products, so productized services at varying price points, some cheap, some more expensive, that again gives the impression that, well, you must be worth working with because you have a suite of products. Like one product doesn't make money. It's a product ecosystem that makes money. So those four things I find when you begin to work on those in your business, that's what justifies the price. And then the second part, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit, is closing. And maybe that's the hard part. (laughs) So I I was rambling there a bit. I apologize. But I like how you say about having your audience. Can, yeah. you, can you dive into the importance of knowing who your audience is? Because I think that's important, how you're setting these parameters for a price here. Yeah, yeah. The, the riches are in the niches, baby. It's <laughs> when, so we have a saying at Sell Your Service, that the, the company is sell futures, not features. So the way to sell anything is you never sell the feature, you sell the future. You sell the long-term benefit that someone is looking at you know from everything from watching free content on youtube or watching this podcast to buying like a $150,000 yacht someone isn't buying the individual component pieces of a boat what they're buying is freedom or a sense of status so they're buying this future and if you want to sell big high ticket items you need to deliver a big future and if you want to deliver a big future, you have to know what you're going after. So you have to be specific about the audience. If I'm working with, let's say my colleague, Kate, she works with mums who are business owners and her whole pitch is, I'm going to help you finish work by 3 p.m. so you can go pick up the kids. You have no more mum guilt, right? I like that. Yeah, it's awesome, right? It's, it's <laughs> yeah. so specific. And I was like, that's <laughs> genius. What she actually is uh, kind of halfway between marketing automation and productivity. That's a little bit about what she does. But rather than telling people what she does, because what you do is irrelevant compared to who you work with, it's now a hundred times easier for us to start making referrals for her. Because if I ever hear of a mum who's, I'm sick and tired of working late, I feel guilty all the time that I'm never able to pick up my kids and never really able to hang out with them. I'm like, you need to hang out with, you need to work with Kate. You need to work with my colleague, Kate, right? When you have a specific niche, it's first of all, easier for people to make referrals. And secondly, people will pay much more money for a very specific problem to be solved. So rather than going to a business and saying, oh, I do marketing automation and productivity, they're like, yeah, we've kind of had a billion and one people do that. When you turn that round and you position the future that this person could have as you will no longer have mum guilt and you'll be able to pick your kids up at 3 p.m., because she's so specific about the audience that she mm. wants to work with. Yeah. People will pay crazy money for that. Yeah. People will pay crazy money. So yeah, it's, it, having a niche is the fastest way to grow your business. And it's, 
I th- to me, it's the first thing you need to do. You need to define the audience. And that's what I mean by audience niche, you know, that they, they kind of cross over a little bit there. Yeah. Can you give us those five A's again? Someone's commenting on that. I'll give you, I'll give you all six because we're going to okay, cover the okay. other two in a bit. So the okay. first one is, is <laughs> the first one is audience, which is your niche. The second one is amount, which is your pricing. Like how much do you charge? The third one is assets. And these are in order as well. These are in the order. Okay. You need to check these off. Assets, which is products, basically anything that puts money in your pocket without you having to be there. So everything from a squeeze page that just captures leads, that's an asset because it just works, right? It just puts money in your pocket. Fourth is authority, which is how you prove you are who you say you are. Podcast interviews, books, content, it's putting stuff out there, right? Then we have attention, which is physically how you get known in the marketplace. And that is exactly what you're doing here. That's creating content. It's putting your message out there. When you know who you want to work with because you have an audience, way easy to get attention. And then sixth is action, which is closing them and saying to them, hey, I can help. Would you like some help with that sign here? And that's when they usually say, this is very expensive, but maybe we'll cover that. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to get into this because what I think about the pricing, because I've heard ad nauseum from both sides. So are you against low ticket overall? And then sometimes you can start no. that and build a, a buyer's list, work your way up with those same, yeah. same, same people. Are you against that from, from the beginning or, or from any level? Should you just tell people, you know what, you can start high ticket from the, from the beginning. What do you think about that? Yeah. Okay. This is a really good question. And there is, like you said, you're right. There is complete polar opposites. You ask one person, they'll tell you one thing. You ask another person, they'll tell you another. I had a bit of a reputation for a while for being someone who's like, oh, Mike wants to go and buy a cup of coffee, 25 grand. He's going to sell a new book, 25 grand. And that's not true. What I believe is that you should charge $25,000 for $25,000 worth of work. That's what I believe. The problem is most people are charging $3,000 for $25,000 worth of work. That's the funny thing. You're already delivering 25K, 10K, 8K, 100K's worth of value. You're already probably doing that. You're just not charging enough. The Mm -hmm. gap isn't your experience. And the the mistake we make is people think, as I become more experienced, I'll be able to increase my prices. And it never happens. I know guys who have been doing this 10, 15 years, photographers, artists, videographers, writers who are still struggling to increase their price and they think oh, I just need to get more experienced. That's not true. I think you should charge 25k for 25k's worth of work. And by that same logic, I believe that if it's a $19 product, it should be $19 worth of value. I mean, you want to yeah. say obviously it's a hundred dollars worth of value and you charge $19. Right. <laughs> right. Right. You need a product suite. The cold, hard reality is that all businesses need to have a product that's free. All businesses need to have a product that is like a low ticket, low barrier to entry. The book, the podcast recording series, whatever it is, 19 bucks, 47 bucks, just something that they're going to have in their PayPal account anyway. Then you need to have some kind of core offer. A core offer on average needs to have at least a thousand dollars profit margin, right? So it could be five grand but it costs you four grand to deliver it, whatever it might be, but it needs to have a thousand dollar profit margin. Then you need to have some kind of recurring revenue product. You need to have some kind of subscription product, whatever it is, 101 options. 
Then if someone wants to work with you as the business owner, as the person who runs the business, they need to be willing to pay five figures. And the reason for that is because when they're giving you five figures, they're taking you out of the business. You're no longer able to work on your business and grow the value of your business. Yeah. So you should be compensated for that time. If you have products that are lower ticket, I love lower ticket products. I my my business is built on lower ticket products. I adore building them and, and and kind of scaling those numbers, but I can't deliver on them. If I sold a 500 pound course, it can't be me sat down giving six hours worth of content every single time, right? <laughs> right, right. Right. So that's why yeah. we then have assets. So a really important part of the 6A framework is assets. If you are if you have products and things in your ecosystem, in your product suite, we call it a product menagerie because sometimes it can get a bit <laughs> sort of unruly, frankly. Right. If you have them and people can buy them, if someone, if you want to work with someone and someone says, I physically don't have 25 grand, like they physically, by the way, if they've got 10 grand, they've got 25 grand, that's not a huge jump. But we have a lot of people who can't afford to work with me one on one. Fine. I've got a course that's 1500 bucks or two grand, and you can take that. I still want to serve that segment of the market, yeah. but I can't serve them with my time because my time I, I need to spend on running the business. So I believe you should have a, a, a wide variety and a suite of products and keep pushing that level up and up and see what would you continue to deliver for a hundred grand or something. That's my take on it personally, but I don't think anyone should just do one or the other. Cause I think that's personally, I think that's bad advice. Okay. So that's, this is awesome. So, I want to get into the nitty gritty, Mike, right. about what a 25K product or service looks like. Sure. When, you, when you're dealing with your clients and they want to do 25K types of services, you see what they have currently. What do you do and say you need this and this to justify that price? Yeah. So, so there's a couple of ways of looking at this. First of all, when I look at a marketing agency and they say, we want to start charging 25K. I look at the stuff they're doing already and the stuff they're doing already is probably worth more than that. And there's mm. a really quick way of working this out. Like I said, let's go back to when, let's say I'm going to put 25 grand into your account, right? I put it into your bank account. There's nothing you can do with it. You, you, you can't return it. You have to, you have to use it. What are you going to give me in exchange? And what people do is they write out a long list of stuff. And that's typically what these marketing agencies have done. It's typically what coaches, consultants, personal businesses, freelancers, they do. And then you need to look at it again and say, well, how much would it cost me to deliver that to the customer? How much would it cost me to get someone else to deliver to this to the customer? And all of a sudden you realize that 25 grand doesn't go very far. 25 <laughs> grand is not a lot of money when you're paying other people to do it. Right. If we roughly use a cost times three method, it works out roughly that a third of 25 grand is about seven and a half or $8,000 roughly. You now know that you have $8,000 of that customer's money to play with in order to get someone else or a team or start hiring people. This doesn't happen overnight, but it does happen if you continue working at it. Yeah. You have eight grand to get people to do some work for you. Right. What you then need to think about is you need to go back to that statement I said earlier. You need to sell futures, not features. Because let's take one of my customers, right? So a consulting customer. He runs a localization company, which is kind of like translation, but you know, not quite the same and very successful over a million pounds worth of turnover. And 
he had marketing agencies approaching before and sales agencies and this kind of stuff. But I asked him, I was like, ultimately, what do you want to do with the business? Like, where do you want to go? He said, well, I want to grow it because I want to sell it. Basically, I want to exit the business now and I want to basically spend more time on my boat. (laughs) So I was selling that. What I was selling is Mm. saying to him is hiring me and paying me and my team 25K, in his case, 32K, but 32,000 pounds is paying 32,000 pounds worth it to know that in two years, you'll be able to exit the business and start sailing on a boat. He was like, yeah, that's more tangible to me because it's based around him. You don't sell the project, you sell the customer. And it's it sounds you know almost cheesy because people are like, they'll see right through that. They don't, they really don't. They want mm. you to start connecting with their goal, their dream and their desire. They want someone to start saying, I'm not just going to give you some marketing. What I'm going to do is, because for some people, the goal of running their business will be, we want to expand and I want to take on a business partner and we want to go from two locations to five locations. So now instead, and this comes from like the discovery calls and working with the customer and talking to them and understanding your audience, like is your audience someone who wants to expand or are they people who want to exit the business? Whatever the difference, is this someone who wants to work fewer hours as to someone who wants to take on their first employee. So if you understand what the future is of that customer and the future desire, that's the next stage. And here's the funny thing, right? And this is kind of, I think earlier we mentioned it, like how do you deal with someone who says that's too expensive? When someone then says to you, 35 grand, that's a lot of money. That's too, <laughs> that's too expensive. That's too much money. Yeah. You agree with them. You go, yeah, it's a lot of money. Sign here, send me over the deposit and we can get started today. Because they're not saying no. That's them (laughs) just voicing their opinion. Okay, okay. 99% of people who go, oh man, that's a crazy amount. I've never spent 50 grand on marketing before. I've never spent 10 grand on a personal trainer before. This is a lot of money. This is more money than your competitors charge. All of that is true. All of that is 100% (laughs) factually true. So you don't argue with them. And what a lot of people do is they get defensive rather than agreeing with the customer. They get Mm. defensive over the price and they say, no, no, we're not that expensive. You think about the value and the amount we'll work with (laughs) you. And they go, you know, we're going to make sure we'll handhold you all the way. And you're going to have this fantastic. You don't say any of that. What the customer wants to know is you've heard me that this is a lot of money. You've heard me that this is, and you have to agree with them. It is a lot of money. It's crazy that someone would give you that kind of money. You're on the same side of the table as them. Rather than seeing it as opposites, like negotiating, imagine yourself on the same side of the table as them looking at the proposal and they go, $35,000, that's a lot of money. I think, yeah, it is a lot of money. Yeah, I agree. Sign here, we can get started today. Sign there. That's how you answer that question because they're not saying no. Okay, I I love that. You remind me of two different examples I know of that way back in the day when internet marketing started, there was a guy- Armand, he's still he's still out there marketing. He was Armand, Armand or Min, some of that, some of that. He was one of the first people who started doing software products yep. for marketing, and his prices were solid, ninety-seven dollars. Yep. And, and back then, day that was just like ninety-seven dollars, and he stuck to his guns. Yeah. And it was ninety-seven dollars for the longest time, and he just, yep. he got quite wealthy you know, keeping yep. that price in there. It was always that. It was always ninety-seven dollars. That was it. And then yep. I think recently, then recently he doubled it after a while. But just like, I think if you stick to your guns, that what you're saying? Just stick to your guns yeah. because you're confident that this is going to get the result that they need. 
Yeah. So there's a lot to be. So first of all, like I said, like if someone's got 10 grand, they've got 25 grand. If someone says to you, my budget is a hundred dollars and your price is 10 grand, <laughs> there's nothing you can do with that, which is why having a product suite is so important. Okay. You say, look, you can't work with me, but I can give you this course, audio guide, book, whatever series for 197 bucks. Go ahead and pick that up. And no one in their right mind is going to go, well, so you want me to pay a hundred dollars? because I can't afford your $25,000 product. I want the $25,000 product, but I only want to pay a hundred bucks. That's a crazy person. Like there's yeah. no way you can negotiate with them. Right. So having product suites at different product points, hundred percent, but yeah, be firm on the price. The price is the price. Now you can negotiate on inventory, which is slightly different. And this is another tactic that I like to use when someone goes, I don't know, and bearing in mind, my prices, like I said, they're specific. It's not $36,000. It's $35,472.89, right? It's okay. specific <laughs> and weird and awkward because it gives mm. a better impression. And mm -hmm. they go, we were really hoping to spend 20 grand. I go, fantastic. What would you like to remove from the proposal here? What would you like to remove from the specs in order to reduce the price? And they go, oh, we... We didn't want to remove anything. We just wanted to pay less. And I go, oh, okay, fantastic. Well, I'll tell you what, it's $34,000 sign here. If we can get started tomorrow. Because all of a sudden, they don't want to lose. It's on the mm. table there in front of them. It's on the tray. I'm like, this is what you could have. Yeah, it is a bit more money than you were hoping to spend. We can go backwards and forwards and play there you want. But I tell you what, if you can't afford all of that, I can take something away. That does reduce the price. How does that sound? And all of a sudden, they don't want that because you're now taking something away from them. You're you're still profitable. That's why it's important to know your numbers, know your profit margins, know what you can do for those different levels. But also, my favorite way of dealing with someone who can't spend, if let's say the price is 20 grand and they say, oh, we only wanted to spend 10 grand. I'll go, okay, yeah, I completely understand that. I'll immediately go into a 30 grand offer. I'll start saying mm. to them, what might be more beneficial for you is our 30K project, our gold level project or our platinum level project, because that comes with an extra six weeks worth of coaching. And we also do a weekly audit. It's going to help you get there a little bit quicker. And you'd be surprised at the amount of businesses who say, I only want to spend 10 grand. I only want to spend 10K, <laughs> who are then actually upsold to a product that's three times more expensive, okay. <laughs> right? Again, yeah. you're agreeing with the customer. You're, you're on their side. You're not trying to argue with them. Both of you have to agree to reach an agreement. So if you're both agreeing with each other, you say, you know what might be better suited. The worst comes to worst. They'll go, I can't afford the 30K. All of a sudden, the 20K one looks a lot more reasonable. Yeah. But you'd be surprised how often you can upsell someone to a higher ticket product if they can't afford the mid-level one that you're talking about. These are just some of the ways that I try to teach people to be as profitable as possible because you are already worth that, in my opinion. I think most people are. They're undercharging themselves personally, uh, and they get a bit flustered when the customer says, that's a lot of money. So this is some of the stuff we teach. I, this is great. <laughs> this is great. So I want to get into the big F word here on either end. Yeah. So the fear of of trying to sell the product and then the fear of, oh my gosh, you paid for it. You paid 25000 yeah. Now what yeah. do I do? And there's the fear of that. What do we do now? So can you deal with both sides of that of that picture yeah. on there? The second one there, the latter one, the one where you're like, oh my God, they bought. Right. Like, that, like that, that's easy to deal with because years ago, when I first started consulting, I, I was talking to a telco company and one, re one thing led to another. I think I ended up, I said to them, this is going to be around 36,000 pounds, right? roughly, like something like that. And they bought it. 
But I kept increasing the price because I actually didn't want to work with them. I was like, okay, I would usually 12 grand and now it's going to be 36 grand. Exactly the same product and they bought it. And I remember calling up my business partner. I was like, what the hell am I going to do? He was like, you better deliver 36 grand's worth of value, (laughs) right? So you will naturally go overboard. Naturally, most people will. If I put 36K, the sheer weight of guilt means that people will naturally deliver as much value as possible. Some really easy ways to do that. Keep in regular contact with the client. Always be on their side. Agree with them. Take ownership when things go wrong. Be honest with them. What people really want is a reliable supplier. They're actually happy if you make mistakes. I found if you are open and honest and you communicate with them regularly, that's why a VA is so important because the VA can do the daily communications, just updating them on whatever it is, right? Just regular communications. That's the hard part. That's the the, the, the easy one. The hard part that the fear of rejection is you want to collect as many no's as possible because every no is going to get you closer to a yes. So what I mean by that is I'm pitching you a product, Yeti mug. We don't really have these in the UK, but they're huge in America, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, we don't, I, I got this because I went over to the States and I was given it as a <laughs> gift, right? And these are like, some people pay like hundreds of dollars for these on, on eBay and Amazon for like special edition ones, right? Wow. And evidently, the price then has got nothing to do with the product, right? And when I say, absolutely not, I don't want that, that's crazy money, the person has to, this person selling it needs to go, okay, why don't you want it? And I go, because I I would never get $500 worth of value from a mug. What I've then told them is the reason I'm not going to buy. I haven't told them the reason I'm rejecting them as a human being. I've told them I don't see enough value. So you've got one or two options. You can either agree with them and, and accept it and go, if you can't see enough value in it, there's nothing I can do about it. Or you can try and turn it. So you want to get rejections. And the funny thing about no is customers need to say no at least once before they do buy anyway. It's like a control thing. I, I'm not smart enough to know the psychology behind it, but No is a control word. No Mm. is a word that the person with options and in control and in command can say. We're going to this destination. No, I've made the decision. No, right? So when I'm selling to you and you've bought into it and you go, yeah, I do want to buy this, a part of you still is going to say no somewhere along the line. And I want to listen to it. I want to accept it. I even want to agree with it to an extent. Like when the people go, it's crazy money. It's way too expensive. I go, yeah, I know, man. Tell me about it. Everything's <laughs> expensive now. I pay too much for my mortgage, pay too much for my car. I pay too much for my internet bills. I completely agree with you. Anyway, sign here and we can get started. <laughs> that no is them telling you, help me justify spending this money. When they say, no, I don't want to buy this because dot, 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 because it's too expensive, because, and I don't really see expense as an objection, but that fear of rejection, if you start having fun with it and realizing they're not rejecting you as a person, they don't need an immediate response. And it's not an argumentative thing. If you kind of reword it in your brain and instead, if you hear them saying, help me justify spending this money with you, all of a sudden it becomes kind of like a fun game to find reasons why the customer should buy as opposed to why they shouldn't. And it's not not easy. It doesn't happen overnight. But uh, yeah, start having more fun with it and start agreeing with the customer more. That's what I would say. And when you start agreeing with them, amazing things start to happen because you're seen as more reasonable. You're seen as being on their side. I love it. This is great. This is great. Tell us about your start. Let's go there. What led you to this place? Why do you, yeah. have, so much, why do you have so much passion on this topic? 
where, yeah. where, where you've been in this place and you're like here. And there's a lot of people who might be watching now, like they have nowhere, they don't know where to start. Can you tell them where you were and, and, and how you got to this place and why you're so passionate about it? Yeah, I was never particularly entrepreneurial at school. I don't think I never kind of the, the option, maybe it was the same for yourself. Back when I was a kid, it was never even an option to own your own business. That was it, 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 certainly not at the extent we were, are now. Like it right. was get a job, basically. Right. And I really, I hated school. I really struggled with school, struggled with acad academics. And at about the age of 17, I left. And what I actually did is I trained to be a chef. And I worked in France in the kitchens. And long and short is I couldn't couldn't hack it. it is, it's like another level. If you think that salespeople are, are weird... <laughs> And like online marketing is hard. Working in a French kitchen is just another level of brutal. <laughs> and I remember thinking, I want a job with air conditioning, especially <laughs> what I wanted. And I didn't have a degree or anything. So I thought, let's, what can I do? And it basically it's sales. So I started doing door-to-door -door selling because it was the only thing I could do. And, and bit by bit, that ended up leading. I did go to university to do marketing, which I don't know if I needed, but it kind of helped a little bit. And I kind of got a couple of corporate jobs. And like I said at the start, my corporate job was taken away from me within 24 hours. It was just gone, like done. That's it. You don't have a job here anymore. See you later. And I went, came home. I had to move in with my mum, had to you know, move into a spare room. And I'd basically gone from having a deposit on a house and a really decent salary for someone in their early 20s and a company car. And I had a flat in Finland. I used to travel backwards and forwards between Finland. And then it was overnight taken away from me. Hmm. And so I was like, well, I'm going to start up my own business. I'm never going to work for anyone else again. I, I just, I, for whatever reason, it hasn't worked for me. And I was like, what, do I, what am I good at? I was like, I'm good at selling. I'm okay with selling. And every day I would, YouTube even back then, this is kind of 2011, 2012, had sales content, right? From Dan Kennedy and Jim Rohn. So I would listen and watch sales content. I had Audible. I was reading books. I would attend seminars and I did everything I could to learn how do I get better at sales. And then when I started an agency, the funny thing is our websites or email marketing or whatever were pretty average. Nothing spectacular. Certainly didn't win any awards. But it got so bad that I was poaching so much. Poaching sounds, it sounds like I was going after my competition's <laughs> clients. And, and that's, that's not what we did. But I was so good at selling that they were trying to like blacklist me from local oh, wow. events, right? Like <laughs> they would try and stop me from coming. And then they would, one time I was like approached outside my car and threatened. And I was yes. like, well, it's got wow. nothing, it's got nothing to do with that. Yeah, I know. It's got <laughs> nothing to do with the quality of my product. Everyone kept telling me that their product is better. So why am I making more sales then? W what's the difference here? And it was because I was better at understanding the customer, having conversations. I was willing to pick up the phone more often I was like, if you were the last person they spoke to, I'm going to be the next person they speak to. Mm -hmm. I was always willing to pick up the phone and make sales. And the thing I like about it is you can't really control your intelligence. You can't really control how you look or what you look like. You can't really control your talent. There's a lot you can't control, but you can control how hard you work. You can completely be in charge of that. And I was like, that's what I'll do then. I'll outwork other people and start closing more sales and closing more deals. And Eventually, it led to some amazing customers and some great experiences. And I thought, it's crazy to me that other people don't know how to do this. So let's just teach other people how to do better at sales. And, and it's kind of, it's really grown from there. And I do love it. I like teaching people how to sell. And, and what it's about really is, is confidence. It all comes down to confidence. And yeah. 
raising people's confidence and increasing people's confidence is so important. The core goal of the company, of the business of Sell Your Service is to raise the self-confidence of all entrepreneurs. It just so happens I don't have the money that Google or Coca-Cola has, so I have to focus on a particular market. I have to focus on marketing agencies and funnel builders. So yeah, it was a long process. Unfortunately, I wish I had kind of a more interesting answer, but oh, it just yeah. came down to... No, it's a good answer because I, I like to nail this on the head for the people who, who are listening and who are watching right now that it's, it's not a simple task. It's really, truly a journey. Yeah, I mean, 100%. It's, yeah, it's, I know marketers have to do this. I know they have to do the, the thing where they say make 10000 a month in the next 90 days or the next 30 days, sometimes, whatever, and make whatever, 24000 by this weekend. They have to do those kind of things, but it's not reality. It's not reality. I mean, there might be some exceptions to the rule. There always is, but it's not reality. (laughs) So I'm glad that you you did that. I wanted to really drive that home. And can you just really quick, just give us a a small summary of how to put this all together about how to charge higher. Just put it in like a good summation real quick. Have an audience, set your pricing with the amount, have a variety of assets, work on your authority, get as much attention as you can and ask people for the deal. The, if, let's skip all that. The number one thing is ask people for the deal. Start offering more people help saying, I can help you with this. Would you like some help? I find most people don't make enough offers. And if you want to start charging higher prices, just say to someone, I can help. It's 10 grand, but I can help. That's how you want to want to start with that. If I just sum it up. Great. That's, this is awesome. So I'm going to still give you the last question here that yeah. I always, I get this to all of my guests because something like this, they have people out there who have the agencies Maybe they're coaches and they're trying to scale those kind of things. Solopreneurs are ready to extend their their business and they want to do what you're doing. They have similar interests and what goals as you are. They have similar journeys and they want to they want to be like Mike. Sure. <laughs> Famous phrase. They want to yeah, be like yeah, Mike. Yeah. Sure. And can you tell them just in your own words how they can become an authority in this space? Yeah. So you need to have the courage to be disliked. I think authority is all about standing up and saying, I believe in this. I believe that sales is one of the most important skills that people can have, whatever it is. And you need to accept the fact that some people aren't going to like that. And in my opinion, in order to become an authority, you need to have the absolute courage to stand up in the face of everyone else and say, I'm willing to be disliked for this particular statement or belief. And bizarrely, that is how more people will believe you're an authority because you're willing to stand up and say this is my stance i know that some people won't like it and yeah that to me is it so yeah have the courage to be disliked is that okay is that yeah i I think that's perfect dude (laughs) somebody says um dislike me please (laughs) (laughs) that's great i love that that's awesome i haven't heard that that's awesome yeah but yeah this this is great please tell people where they can find you after the show mike because i know they want to Yeah, sure. So I think you've had a couple of links up. If you want my free sales strategy guide on justifying a 25K price, it says for agencies, but it's pretty broad. You can just go to sellyourservice.co.uk forward slash sales hyphen book. I'm at sellyourservice.co.uk and you can email me michael at sellyourservice.co.uk. You can also find me on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash sellyourservice. That's probably the, the, the best way to get in touch. Uh, and I've got a couple of books on Amazon. If you look up Michael Killen on Amazon, I've got a few books on there. Oh, so yeah. yeah, yeah, one one especially that you guys definitely should, should get the um, the five figure five funnels. figure funnels. Yeah, five yeah, funnels. unbelievable. Yeah. So 
I am, I am done. I am full. I hope everybody got a, a lot out of that. If you haven't, you know where to find them, people. You know where to find them. I'm sure he, he has no problem with helping you out further. So take care, everybody. Remember, what, what, should, what should they remember? <laughs> Build it, share it, and they will come. We're out yeah. of here. We're out of here. Peace. And that's a wrap for this episode of The Authority Project. Thanks so much for tuning in. And if you like what you heard, we want to hear from you. Subscribe, rate, and give an honest review. Share and tell your friends so they can hear too. And for even more authority-building tactics, be sure to sign up at theauthorityletter.com. Get free weekly content and ongoing digital product giveaways to help you on your entrepreneurial journey. We certainly hope you got a key takeaway or maybe an aha moment from today's broadcast. Just remember, it's your authority. Build it, share it, and they will come. Until next time.